0: This is a teaching message from Church of the Living Water of Austin. Amen. If you would turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. And again, we have been talking about, um, uh, last week we started talking about the mindset of a champion. The mindset of a champion, and that's why I told you you're in a good place today. If you want to win, if you want to win, and I don't know anybody. I said this last week. I don't know anybody that enters a race and they don't want to win. That they just they're just entering just for their health. That they're just entering just for the exercise. But anybody that I know, any competition that you enter into, whether it's running, I don't care what, I don't care if it's a spades and a dominoes tournament or, or, or just a game. does not have to be a tournament, just a game. Everybody wants to win. And so I told you that that we, we don't give you, a minister cannot give you a course, your course in life. That is the thing that God has for you to do, the assignment that God has for you. No pastor, no minister can tell you what God is assigning you to do. But I did tell you that it will be in connection with your local church. I did say that. And I also said that it is going to be that the ministers and the pastor, under the leadership of the pastor and the pastor and the ministers, that the only thing that we can do for your course is give you the tools that you need to be successful. That's all. The bottom line is that we want you to have the tools that God is requiring that we teach you and we provide the tools that you need so that you can finish your course. And not just finish your course, but we want you to finish successfully. We want you to win at the course, at the race, the race that you are racing. We want you to win in the end. And so we are providing the tools that you need to help you be a winner, to help you be a champion. So in 1 Corinthians chapter 9, let's look at starting at verse 24. And the scripture reads Know ye not that they which run in a race run all, but one receiveth the prize. So run, that ye may obtain. And every man that striveth for the mastery is temperate. should be a castaway. So this is our foundational text, and this is what we have been uh, going through, uh, again, as of, as of last Sunday. And I want to remind you here, so, so for, the sake, for the sake of this particular teaching, we are looking at the mindset of a champion through the analogy that Paul is giving here of a runner in a race. This is the analogy that we are using to help us understand better the mindset of a champion. The mindset that we need to not just finish our course in life that God has given, but to finish it strong. We want to be strong finishers. We want to win the race. We want to be champions. We don't want to just finish. We want to be champions and we want to win. Listen, if you belong to this church and that is not your mindset... Let me tell you, you better get on board or I don't know what to tell you. You just sit on the sidelines if that's what you want to do. But we are raising people. We are teaching a people and we are developing a people. Our pastor is developing people to be finishers, strong finishers, and to win. That's what we're developing here. We're developing champions. If you want to be on the so-so team, you got to go someplace else for the so-so team. Because we here at Church of the Living Water, where Jesus is Lord, where Jesus is Lord, and we're going to hear a lot about that today, where Jesus is Lord, we are developing champions. Why? Because Jesus is Lord. We're not doing anything here in our own strength. We are teaching the people we are being taught that we are, we do nothing in our own strength, that it is the power of the living God. It is the power of the living God that empowers us. It empowers us. That's, that is the, the power of the, the, the living God, the spirit of the living God. That is our source. That's our source. That's our, that's our life. That's our source. That's the essence of, 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 what, of what we need. The essence of what we need to live is the spirit of the living God. And listen, you don't want to live this life. You cannot. You can't even try to finish your course. You can't even try to be a champion without the spirit of the living God. You cannot. There is no way possible. There is no way possible. So last Sunday, I was not able to developed this idea, but I told you that, that uh, to run the race, that the, the race that we're running, it involves your race that you're running, it involves two things. It involves two things. Number one, it involves keeping the saving faith. And that's why I did not develop that. I'm not going to be able to develop that fully, but I'm going to give you a little bit more information about saving faith versus what I call common faith. Saving first versus common faith. So the race that you're running it involves two things. It involves keeping the saving faith, and it also involves finishing your course. And and our uh, uh, minister, one of our ministers, Minister Martin, he talked a lot about the course, your course. So you have to go back and listen to those teachings. But 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 keeping the saving faith to the end. And finishing your course, that is part of those two things make up your run. And remember I said that your race, the race that you're running is going to be different from somebody else's. Now we all have in common that we need to keep the saving faith. All of that, that's common to all of us. The other thing that's common to all of us is that we have, is that we have a course that God has given us, but those courses are different. I said don't get caught up in the course that somebody else, that God has given somebody else, because you need to be busy worrying about your course. You know, when you're running track, you cannot, when you when you're running, when you are running track and you're on that, that race track uh, and you're on that, that track and feel that track, when you are running, you have to run with the finish line at your eyesight. You need to keep your eyes. Remember, we said you cannot... People, when you when you see them in track, they're not looking. They don't care who's running next to them. They could care less. Why? Because this competition really is just about me. This competition that I'm running... Because I'm running to win. I'm not running against... You know what? You're really not running with uh, against the people that... You're really not running against the people that are running next on the side of you. That's not really what the competition is. The competition is you focusing... Not allowing distractions. The, 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 the real race is that you keeping your eye focused and your eye single on what you're supposed to be doing. On, on doing your best. That's what the race is about. It's about you doing your best and you staying focused and not being distracted about anything that's going on around you. That's where the real competition is. That competition is about what you have done to train. That competition is about what you have done to train for your race. What have you done to train for your race? How have you buffed your body? How have you buffeted your body? What have you done? What have you given up? What have you sacrificed to run your race? What have you put on? What have you done to win your race? What have you put off? To win your race. Because you know what? Everybody in the race, they all have a regimen. They should if they're running to win. They should all have a regimen. And a lot of times, a lot of times, it's the difference. The winners in that race becomes a difference of how they trained, how consistent they were in their training, staying focused and not being distracted. All of those things play a part. In them winning the race, but uh, remember, uh, until they get until they get up here, until they get to the track, they didn't. They don't may, Well, they may know who they're running against, but they have no idea. They haven't seen them. They haven't done any of that. They haven't. They haven't run together. They haven't done any of that. Why? Because they have their own separate regimen. That's why I said it's only about you and your competition and and how how you have what you have done to prepare. Because until then, they don't see each other. They don't see each other. So, yeah, we're here all running, but I am really just focusing on what I've done to prepare. That's, that's what I, I'm focusing on what I have done. I am focusing on what I, because I did, I put my body through all of those things so that I could win. And that's my whole goal. That's the only reason why I'm here. That's the only reason why I'm on this track is so that I can make it to the finish line and not just make it, but I want to win. And so that is, that, that is the, the most important thing. Turn to Second Thessalonians chapter 1. So again, last Sunday I wasn't able to, I, what I did give you was the end result of saving faith. So we're just going to, just for a moment, if you turn to Second Thessalonians, just for a moment, I'm just going to give you a, a tad bit more information um, as it relates to saving faith versus what I call common faith. Second Thessalonians chapter 1, and let's read verse 11. It says, Wherefore also we pray always for you that our God would count you worthy of this calling. This is your call to salvation. This is, this is your, your call to eternal life. And fulfill all the good pleasure of his goodness and the work of faith with power. So here Paul is saying, he says, I pray for you always that our God would, would count you worthy. So this demonstrates, this is, suggests to us, this statement suggests to us that, that God is not always able to fulfill all the powerful work of faith that is, that is his good pleasure to do in us and through us for some reason. Because he said he had to pray for us. Paul said, I have to pray for you that you would be, that you would. So that suggests to me that there are some people, that there are some things that God is not always, he's not always always able to produce the works. And listen, it's not that he can't produce the works. It's that that we don't allow him to produce the works of righteousness that he wants to produce in our life. It's because we don't allow Him. So we must understand the significance of the depth of the power of God. Listen, to win this race, to, to be a champion, you are only a champion because of the power of God in and upon your life. But you have to have that mindset. So that means you have to have an understanding of the significance of the depth of the power of Of God. This is God. God's power that we're talking about is not your power. It's not certainly not my power. We're talking about God's period. Power period. God's power. Not yours, not mine. We're talking about the power of the living God. The power. You have to understand that. The depths of the power, the significance. Of the power, and and I know I hear you. I hear you. Oh, I know. I know all about that. What is she talking about? Understanding the power of the living God. Well, some might, but but you just bear with me while 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 I teach others, if you will, bear with me while I teach others. We cannot sleep on that on those two words, God's power, distinguishing between common faith and. Saving faith. Common faith, I said last week. Common faith, it's mere, it's a mere acknowledgement of my sin. I merely I acknowledge that I am a sinner. I'm even trusting. I've accepted the Lord as my Savior, and I'm trusting. I am trusting in the living God. I'm trusting in the promises of God. That's common faith. But let me let me tell you, let me tell you what. What saving faith is? And let, let's turn to Colossians chapter one to uh, ch- uh, chapter two. Colossians chapter two. We're going to let we're going to let Colossians, Paul talking in Colossians. We're going to let him help us understand what the power of God is that that saving that saving faith that I'm talking about. Verse twelve. Buried with him in baptism. We're talking about Christ. Buried with Him, Christ, in baptism, wherein also ye are risen with Him, Christ, through the faith of the operation of God, who hath raised Him from the dead, and you being dead in your sins and the uncircumcision of your flesh, hath He quickened together with Him, Christ. Having forgiven you all trespasses. Verse 12, buried with him in baptism, where also ye are risen with him through the faith of the operation of God. This is the saving faith. This is not common faith right here. This is not common faith. This is saving faith. We're talking about the power of God. You are risen. With Christ. That's the power of God. How can, how can you be risen with Christ when you didn't die? How can you be risen with Christ when you didn't die? How can you be justified by your faith, by your trust? How can someone block out your sin? How can they be blotted out? You did it. You did it. You're guilty. But when you've accepted Christ, the scripture says, there is no more condemnation. You were condemned to hell because you sin. But therefore, if you are in Christ, there is no more condemnation to them who believe, who trust, who has their hands and put their life in the hands of the living God. There is no more condemnation. How can that be? How can that be besides the power of God? Think about that. You got to think about it. Now, I'm, not, I'm not talking about just a passing and a fleeting thought. You need to think about that. You need to think about it. Listen, in this natural world, there is no way in this natural world, there is no way that you can commit a sin and everybody knows that you committed a sin. And then they're going to let somebody else take your place? If, if, if somebody confessed to it, but they know you did it, you even say you did it. And then somebody's going to say, well, no, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll take that for her. I'll take that for him. Don't don't worry about it. I will go to jail for them. Who's going to let that happen? Not even in this crooked and perverse world that we live in. They're they're not even silly enough to let that happen. When you confess and you tell them right there, yeah, I did it. I did it. And
1: then they're going to let somebody else take your rap?
0: I don't think so. And this... God, the God that we serve, the God of this universe, He did just that. He allowed His Son, who knew no sin, perfect in every way, without any, without any, any scratches, without any, 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 any deforms, without any defilement, and without, without any of that, and He let Him lay down His life for you and for me who were guilty. And those of us in our right minds, we've confessed. Yes, I did it. I did it. I am guilty. And even before we confessed, but even before we confessed, he sent his son. He sent his son so that you would not have to pay the price for your sin that you committed. Look at this in Ephesians chapter 2. The power. I'm going somewhere here. Just stay with me. Ephesians chapter 2. Let's look at verse 8. Ephesians 2 verse 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith and that not of yourselves, what's not of yourself, both salvation and what's not of yourself, is the gift of faith. <laughs> the gift of faith. Listen, being born into sin, being born into sin, there is no way that we would trust, even trust, something that we could not see. Listen, Adam walked in the cool of the day with God. He heard God. God spoke to him. God spoke to him in the cool of the day. And he told him not to eat of that tree. And he did. There is no way that we, living, being born into sin, being born into selfishness, Being born just just to take care of ourselves with that thought pattern, take care of me, mine, and that's it. We just this is all I'm going to do. There is no way that you're going to trust something, trust someone that you do not see. No way. Your mind can't even fathom that. Our minds can't even grasp that whole concept. That's why that's why a lot of us have a problem. That's why we have trouble with faith because we're having faith and we're supposed to be trusting in someone that we cannot see. That's why faith is a gift. There's no way you could have gotten it on your own. God has given you the gift of faith. The gift of the, the ability to be able to trust Him. He's given you the power and the ability to be able to trust Him. That's the power of the living God. Don't discount that. That's the power of the living God. So not only is your salvation in His power, but your faith. Is in his power. Look, hold on to that. Now you have a responsibility because with that becomes an action of faith. But the power to believe, that's God's alone. (laughs) That is God's alone. And if you can hold on to the power of God, that faith that the power of God, that the power of God provides, Then that that should tell you right there. If I can just hold, what did I say? Hold on to the saving faith till the end. If I can just hold on. And listen, He has made it easy. Because it's not about you trusting in what you can do with your power and your ability. We're talking about having faith to trust in God. Him giving us the ability, the uh, the gift of faith to be able to trust Him. In all that we do. In the race that we're running. We just got to have faith. Faith, we got to have the faith that God provides, that God empowers. Oh, you got to, listen, you got to get that. I'm not sure, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if you've gotten that. I'm not sure if you've gotten it. Your faith has nothing to do with your power. Your faith, your faith has nothing to do with your power or anything that you possess. Or anything that you think you possess. No abilities, no talents, no strengths that you think that you have, that you possess. None of that has anything to do with your faith. I like what, what Minister Murray talked about this morning. It was in my notes already. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 5. We won't, we won't go there because he already read it. But bottom line it says that we are kept by what? The power of God. We are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation. We are kept by the power of God. So He's provides the power. First, first of all, the, the faith, the faith. We're talking about the gospel. That's the faith. So He provided He provided the, the gospel. He provided the working uh, the, 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 the power that He wrought through Christ Jesus. He provided that power to produce faith. The power, the gospel, and then he gives you the gift of power, uh, 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 the gift of faith that he also powers, and that he keeps us from the beginning of the race to the end of the race. We are kept by the power of God through faith. He left no stone unturned. He did all of the work. And the only thing that you have to do is accept it. That's your part: is that you accept the power of God, you trust in the power of God, and you allow the power of God to work in and through you. That is saving faith. That's the, that, that goes beyond common. That goes beyond just my, uh, my ability, my thought pattern, my intellectual faith. That goes beyond that. Because now I'm talking about the power of the living God that I really don't understand. But I, the only thing that I do understand is that He has provided it and I want it. And I'm going to keep it to the end. That's all. That's it. He has done the work. That's why you can be a champion, because all you have to do is hold on to that. What is your salvation worth? What is your eternal life worth? What is it worth to you? It's worth a lot to God because he's provided the power. (laughs) From every corner, from every angle. From the north, from the south, from the east, from from every angle, he has empowered you. From every angle, he has provided the power that you need. Because it's his power and not yours. It's his strength and it's not yours. It's not yours, but he has provided it. The mindset of a champion. Number one, I said, I'm running the waste to win. Turn back to 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I'm running the race. I'm doing good. I'm, I'm where I should be at this time. I'm running the race to win. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. We said that the race is to fulfill God's purpose. And I've already just told you God's purpose, God's plan. It is given and it is powered by God. It is given. The purpose, the plan. It is given and it is powered by God. And my God, my job is to stay focused. I'm saying purpose focused. And I am saying results driven. The result that I am driving for, the result, I'm staying I'm saying result driven, is my hope in the finished work of Christ. My hope in the finished work of Christ. Of Christ, or the race that I'm running, that I'm running to win, I have to stay purpose focused, that was given by God, empowered by God, and, and I have to be results driven. That is my hope in the finished work of Christ, that was given by God, and that is powered by God. Are you getting this? This is why, this is why I can run to win the race. Because all of it is given by God. The power, the race is given. My salvation is given. So the, the, the whole point, the whole redemption plan is for, his plan was for me to be redeemed, for me to be saved, and for others to be redeemed and to be saved. Which leads me into that second point. That leads me into, the, into that, second, that second point. Is that I am running to win the race, not just for me, I'm going to keep that saving faith to the end, but I'm concerned about others. And God has given us a ministry of reconciliation. Again, the ministry of reconciliation, a ministry that God has given, and it is also powered by Him through the Holy Ghost. See, he, He's left no stone unturned. We can do, we can do. Listen, I talked to, to, I was telling you last week, I gave you that little that little. Example about, about, uh, uh, um, um, you always somebody, oh, you know, oh, you're a believer, but you always have your hand out. You're always looking for, looking for a hand out. You're always looking for something. When I just told you, that you are empowered, that God has empowered you, and he powers, he's given you the ministry of reconciliation, then he gives you the power to do it, but we can't, people will not listen to us, because again, we always have our hand, some of us just always want something free, and then, you know while I'm on it, while I'm on it, because we're coming back together on August the 1st, and then no doubt, they're going to be, we're going to start to have our events again, we're going to start to do things again as a family, you know, all the little fun and activities that we did, that we do and you are the first one in line to be served you're the first one in line to be served and then and then you are the first one to leave before it's time to clean up first one in line to be served and the first one to leave before it's time to clean up. We're talking about serving. We're talking about laying down our life. How can you minister to anybody? How are you going to be a restorer and you can't even serve a table? You can't even serve them a meal. Always want to be served, but never want to be the server. That was, you know, that was that was just a little extra, and I thought I'd, I thought I'd bring that out now again because we're preparing. All this time. And that's just one thing. That's just one thing. I'm not going to have time to go into all the examples that I could go into. That's just one thing. But I think with that one example, you can see the bigger picture. You have to be a server. We're talking about running the race to win. The winner of the race is not going to be the one that sat down to be served. The winner of the race is going to be the one who was the first one in line to serve. We're talking about running the race to win, and again, that's just one little natural example, just one. But we're talking about we're talking about having a mindset that's going to help your mindset. You got to have a mindset. To win. I just told you, you're not going to win the race. You might finish. You might. But with that kind of attitude, there's no telling what else could go along with it. You might finish. And that's good. But we're talking about winning, we're talking about being, about being a champion, we're talking about wanting a crown. We're talking about wanting all of the rewards that God has for me. I want everything that God has for me. But I understand that that comes with a responsibility here on this earth. That comes with a responsibility. And that's what we're talking about. That mindset. Taking that responsibility. Having that mindset to be a champion. So I'm running the race to win purposely, Focused. I'm purpose focused and I am result driven. My hope. My aim. My aim. That's a definite. I have a definite aim. And then look at the scripture. Look at verse 26. It says I therefore so run not as uncertainly. Wait, first, well you know what? Go back to up to verse 24. Look at that last sentence. He says so run that you may obtain. <laughs> that, that's how we need to be running. Run. He's, basically what he's saying now he said you shouldn't be running if you're not If you're not planning to win, you shouldn't even be running. He says, run to win. And then then down in verse 26, it says, I therefore so run. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly, but I run with winning in mind. I run with a focus. I run with a focus. I run with winning in mind, not just for me. Not just for me. Look, look at verse 27. But I keep, my, I keep under my body. I bring it into subjection. Lest that by any means when I have preached to others, I myself should be a castaway. I myself should be disqualified. He said, this is the, this is the race that I'm running. I don't want to be disqualified. So I'm running to win. So I won't be disqualified. And I'm running to win. that's why I'm preaching to you. Because I want to see you win your race. That's what he's saying. I want to see you win your race. That's why I want. And he says, that, this is, that's my course. I have, been brought, I have been sent by God, powered by God, to teach you, to instruct you in righteousness so that you can win. It's not about my power and my ability to teach you. That's what Paul is saying. He's saying that I have been powered by God. I have been powered by God to teach you. That's why you can't, look, don't, I don't care who, I don't care who you don't like. I don't care if you don't like your pastor. I don't care if you don't like me. I don't care if you don't like any of the other ministers. But listen, if you are here, evidently you think Evidently you believe, evidently you trust that the word that that, that comes forth in this place is from God. So that should be your focus. I'm going to receive everything that God has for me. Because I trust that it has been powered by God. I trust that it's coming from the living God. I trust that. And that's all that Paul is saying. He says, listen, I'm teaching you. I've been powered by God to teach you so that you can win your race. It's not even about me. Remember, we talked about we're not going to go there, but we, we looked at the other scriptures. He says, listen, I'm not taking. take it. Look, I can, I should, as a, as, a, as, a, as a minister, as one who teaches you, just like our pastor, as one who teaches you, as one who looks over this flock, I should be able to partake of your natural things. That means things that you make at work. I should be able. That money that you make, those natural things, I should be able to partake of that. Because that, this is my job. This is what I do for you. If I, if I give you spiritual things, I should be able to reap and to benefit from your natural things. And that's what Paul was saying. He said, and he said, he said, guess what? Don't even worry about it. He said, don't worry about it. If that's going to be a stumbling block for you, don't even worry about it. Why? Because I have been powered by God. What I do is powered by God and he's going to take care of me. He gave it to me. He's going to empower me to do it. He's going to provide what I need because it's powered by God. you That's what you don't understand. That's what you don't understand, is that no matter what you do or don't do, the pastor, they are going to be taken care of when they have received an assignment from God. It is powered by God. They are kept by God. 1 Peter chapter 1, they are kept by God. And God is going to see them through the end for their assignment. He will do the same for you. He will do the same. He's ready. Uh, This scripture, this is not just about, this is not, uh, actually it's not about preachers at all. He's just giving us an example. Because he says that, that's why he said, run your race. He said that in verse 24. Now you run to win. He says, that's all I'm concerned about is you winning. That's all I'm concerned about is you running, not stopping. That you're running and you're running to win. That's all I'm concerned about. That's all I'm concerned about. So no matter what, that is my focus. So that we are running. So we are running. Listen. The good fight of faith. Oh, oh verse 26. Verse 26. I therefore so run, not as uncertainly. So I, I have an aim. I'm running to win. So fight I, not as one that beateth the air. Now this, this, this is a little demonstration about the boxer. See, so, you know, the boxer, they do a lot of training. we will talk about their training in just a little bit. But but that boxer, you know, sometimes you can see them. And, 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 and I, used, I used to think, you know, when I was young, I used to think, you know, why would they? You know, they, you see them, and they're hitting, and they're jabbing. And nobody there. Nobody there. But they in, in the air. Just, just, you know, they working their moves. And, they, you know, they practicing their their strokes. And, they're, you know, they're doing all of this. Sometimes they do it in the mirror so they can see. You know, they have that keep in their form, and they're doing all of that. But they, they are beating the air. Nothing there. Wasting all that energy. That's what I'm thinking. You wasted all that energy. You beating the air. But he says that I am fighting not as one beating the air because I know that I have an adversary. I know. I know. As I step into that ring, I know I have an adversary. As I'm training, I know that I have an adversary. So, I'm, But I'm not beating the air like one with no adversary. He said, I know that I have the average of. And listen, every blow that you give, every blow that the enemy gives, you know what? The devil hits like a girl. The devil hits like a girl. You know what that means. Girls, don't be offended. Okay, so a little, a little just a little. Well, I mean, I know there's some women. I know there's some women they can, they can hit too. But generally, in general, Men are more strong. They're strong. They're, they're stronger here. Arms. They, women. No, 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 don't let a woman get on her back. So, cause she can. Now, this is where our power. Our power is in our legs. You get us on our back, oh, we are gonna wear you out with some kicks. But men, they're more strong. Their their strength is is here. And so when I say that he he hits like a girl. Compared to, compared to, all you have to do is stand in. Faith, the faith that God has given, powered by God and the devil. That's why I say he fights like a girl. His blows are only like a girl when he's standing up against the power of the living God. But you have to allow, you, that's why I say you have to understand. You have to understand what your faith, how your faith is powered. Not anything within yourself. But when you come up against obstacles, when you come up against and, and challenges in your life, when you come up against, oh, listen, all you have to remember is that my faith and my strength is powered by God. I don't have to stand and do this alone. I'm not standing in my own strength. I'm standing in the power of God. That's where I'm standing, in the power of the living God. And listen, that, that means that all I have to do is stand. You don't even have to fight. All you got to do is stand. (laughs) And so when those blows come and you think that blow is going to knock you over because you're not ducking and dodging. we're not ducking and dodging. Why? Because we're standing in the faith that is powered by God. So those little blows, even if you get them to the face, even if you get an uppercut, even if you get a, a blow to the abdomen, even if you get whatever, the jabs, whatever. You can stand. All you got to do is stand. You don't even have to fight. All you got to do is stand. Listen. The good fight of faith. That's what we're fighting. The good fight of faith that is powered by God. The good fight of faith, meaning in every that I stand against the roar of the lion. Remember, we had a, we had a good teaching on that. The roar of the lion that we talked about that in the scripture, It's just a roar. All roar and no bite. All you got that means you don't have to run when you hear the roar of the of the, of the lion. You don't have to you don't have to run because he can't do nothing. That that lion, that's the enemy. He can't do nothing. And yeah, I know that's bad English, but you get my point. That's how serious I am about it. He can't do nothing without you allowing him. All you got to do is stand. Why? Because he's roaring. He is roaring against the power of God. That faith that you have, powered by God, that's all he can do. We're running the race to win. We're looking forward to the crown. We said to gain. To gain in Matthew chapter 16, we we we're not going to go there. Jesus is speaking. He says, and remember, all oh, that good teaching that we're getting uh, in, in on Wednesdays uh, about the uh, about the, the Sermon on the Mount. We get all of that, all of those benefits that, we, that God is spe- Jesus is speaking in, in in Matthew chapter 16 about acquiring. I told you that you have to buffet your life. You told I told you that you have to you have to you can- at the lips. You have to count all things as lost for the knowledge of the excellency of Christ. I do all of that. I do all of that to gain and to acquire the fellowship with Christ. I do all of that to gain someone to the kingdom of God. Look at, let's, let's look at uh, verse 22, 20. Let's start reading at verse 20. It says, And unto the Jews I became as a Jew, that I might gain the Jews, to them that are under the law, As under the law that I might gain them that are under the law to them that are without law as without law being not without law to God but under the law of Christ that I might gain them that are without law to the weak became I as weak that I might gain the weak. I am made all things to all men that I might by all means save some. this is connected to what we're talking about, about about winning he says that I he says I become things to all people now what does that mean so then th- th- let's be balanced let's 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 be balanced here we're not talking about you getting a tattoo because you try to minister to those with tattoos That's not what we're talking about we're not talking about you're taking your hip, your sip of Hennessy because you're trying to minister to those who drink. We're not talking about that. We're not talking about you going to the club because you're trying to minister to somebody that's in the club. We're not talking about that. We're talking about you finding a common ground. What's that common ground? We all have sinned. No matter what you've done, no matter what I've done. We all are under sin. We both need salvation. You've done some things, I've done some things. We both need salvation. I know the one who can provide it. He's provided it for me, and I know He can provide it. If He can provide it for me, I know He can provide it for you. That's having, the, that's, becoming, that's becoming all things to all people. It's that, look, I'm going fi- to find some connection with you. I'm going to find something we can connect with. See, and again, we're talking about coming back. Again, we're coming back August 1st. And we don't know who's going to show up August 1st. You don't know who's going to show up. You better be prepared August 1st. You think you're just going to see the faces that you saw before the, the, before the pandemic? Listen, 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 honey. You're going to see a face or two or three or four or ten. I don't know how many. But you're going to see at least one face. Because our God's been working the it's the power of God look you ain't been doing nothing but the power of God he' been working he' been working so he's gonna tell him who you' gonna see up in here August 1st. you better find the connection. you better find the connection. Why? Because I said, the assignment that God has given you, it is entangled, it is uh, uh, supportive of what God is doing in this place, for us, locally, as a part of the greater kingdom of God that He is operating. And you have a part to play in that. You have a part to play. In that. You, listen, when you are comfortable, when it's time, you need to be, listen, you need to say, come on. If you're comfortable, have you been vaccinated? Come on with me. Even if you haven't been, wear your mask. Wear two or three, but wear your mask and you come with me. Corinthians, we're not gonna go there because I got someplace I gotta be. First Corinthians chapter 14 it talks about the spiritual gifts. Don't don't have time to develop it. That's part of you gaining and you being a part of gaining someone to the kingdom of God. Don't you know that God has given us gifts, each and every one of us. We have a protective gift, every one of us, either a protective gift, an encouraging gift, an edifying gift. A strengthening gift, a restoring gift, or a gift that's going to help restore. God has given each and every one of us a gift. That's a part of you finishing your course, is to allow the Spirit of God to work through you to operate those gifts that God has given to you. Namely, for the work in this ministry and for the body of believers as a home. And we've been talking about gifts for a long time. We've been talking about gifts for a long time, for years, and some of us still haven't gotten it. Some of us still haven't, either we haven't asked, we haven't taken time, we, whatever the case is. We're too worldly. We're too carnal. We're we, we so concerned about just doing our own thing that we're not concerned about anybody else. But you have a spiritual gift that God has given for the edify, for the encouragement, for the protection of his people, the people that are in his kingdom, the people in this local church. That's part of you finishing. Guess what? Let me tell you. Ooh, let me tell you. Let me tell you. If you're not finishing your course in that regard, You're just going to be finishing. There will be no crown for that. (laughs) There will be no crown for that. For not finishing your course. He's not handing out crowns. Not the one that we're talking. He's not handing out that kind of crown. And you haven't won the race. You can finish. But we're talking about winning. And yes, you can make it to heaven. Without ever operating in your spiritual gift. You can make it to heaven. But that's all you're going to be doing is making it. I told you, I don't want to just make it. I don't want to just make it. And if you have that mindset, you need to get out of that mindset that you just want to make it. We're talking about champions. Our pastor, she wants to pastor a group of champions. Listen, do you think... NBA, you think they, they put all of that money and all of that time and all of that energy into uh, NBA teams and, and the NFL teams and all those other teams for, for them to just play and not win? Your pastor wants to pastor a championship team. And not just a few. See, oh, see, oh, ooh, thank you, Lord. So then you have that mentality, you know, because yes, when, when there's the championship rings are are passed out, they all get championship rings. Whether they did anything or not. I sat the whole, look, the whole game, the whole season. I suited up. I got pumped. I got, I got pumped with them. And then I sat down while everybody else played. I had my water bottle, I had my towel, but I sat down. But guess what? At the end, and we get that championship ring, hey, I got my ring too. We're not doing that here. God is not doing that. That's not so in the kingdom of God. Remember, his ways are higher than ours. His thoughts are higher than ours. We're not doing that up in here. You want a championship ring? You're going to have to work for a championship ring. You're going to have to play. Bottom line. You're going to have to play. And you're going to have to play to win. You're going to have to play to win. I got to be zealous. That's number two. So, number one was I run to win. Number two, then we had all those other things to gain, to acquire the fellowship, to gain the kingdom. Those, that was all under number one. Number two, I must be zealous. That means I must be serious about the race. Zealousness. That's, that means I'm, I'm eager. I eagerly desire for a thing or to acquire a thing or to defend or uphold a thing intensely. I do that intensely. Bottom line, I'm chasing after it. That's zealous. I'm chasing after it. I'm chasing after it. Look at Acts chapter 22. Acts chapter 22. Listen, this is not a feel-good message. Now you might feel good, but it's not about that. I I need you to take this information. These are tools that you need. Because we want to see you win. Acts chapter 22, verse 3. I am verily a man, which am a Jew, born into Tarsus, a city in Cilicia, yet brought up in this city at the feet of Gamaliel, and taught according to the perfect manner of the law of the fathers, and was zealous toward God, as ye all are this day. And I persecuted this way unto death, binding and delivering into prisons both men and women. Also the high priest doth bear me witness in all the estate of the elders from whom also I received letters. He did all. He said, I did all of that. I did all of that. And I fell, verse 7, and I fell unto the ground and I heard a voice and saw. So then he talked about his conversion. He talked about his conversion at Damascus. The bottom line is this is what he was saying in all of that. He says, even in my Jewish teachings and my Jewish trainings, I was zealous, I was passionate about what I was doing, about what I was upholding. I was zealous about it. I chased after it. I, I chased after it. I got it. I got after it. And I was zealous about doing it. I was moved to action. When you're zealous, you're, you're moved to action. He did something. You see all this stuff. He put people in prison who was talking about you. He thought he was doing the right thing. The bottom line in that is that what I want you to see, is that even when he was doing wrong, he did it zealously. But guess what? When he was converted after Damascus, he did the same thing. So that means that mean it, was, it wasn't even about the assignment. Ooh, do you get that? It wasn't even about the assignment. It was about him getting the job done. He was zealous about it, no matter which side. Which assignment it was. It's not about your assignment. You need to be zealous about what you're doing. Well, if I'm not doing that, then, you know, that that doesn't require... No. No. You need to be zealous about what God has given you to do. Understand that it was given by God, and it's powered by God. It's given by God, and it's powered by God. God. Look at this in Second John. We're going we're to end, end with this. I was close to the end anyway. We're going to end with this, Second John. So we're talking about training. We can't, we can't go nowhere. <laughs> so you, we, can't talk, we can't talk about being a champion without talking about training. We got to train. Second John chapter 9. Second John chapter nine. So we, we remember in First Corinthians chapter nine is what we were just reading. We, t- we saw how Paul, how he was talking about <coughs> unless I uh, 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 I myself be disqualified, he said I got to do some things too. I got to do some things. You got to do some things. Why? Because we train. We train to win. Second John chapter nine. Oh, oh that was a Second John. Second John, and I said chapter nine. It's not chapter nine. It's verse nine. Whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the, the Father and the Son. And if there come any unto you, and bringeth not, oh, well, I don't want to read that. That's talking about people coming to you and they don't have the, the doctrine they're not talking about. So we, we want to stick to the doctrine that whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine, we want you to abide in the doctrine of Christ, hath not God. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both, both the Father and the Son. Oh, I love that. That, look, that goes along when I said, I said it's powered by God. I said that it's powered by God. He says, now listen, these are, these are some of the things, listen up, this is some, these are some of the things that we, we do in training. When a boxer trains, when someone trains and they're training their bodies, they cannot eat. They have sometimes have to eat what's disagreeable to their taste. You know, all the raw eggs, you know, all the, those, little, those little nasty little things. They have to eat some things sometimes that are disagreeable to their taste. That means that every word, how that translates for you, that every word, every standard that is given by God, I must eat of it. And when I eat, I must eat of it when it is against what I want to do. I must eat of it. We have to eat things that are disagreeable to our taste. I have to eat some things that I don't necessarily like. Eat of the word. And I don't necessarily want to do it. But I got to do it. We're talking about if you want to win. We're talking about training to win. That's that's what we're talking about. We're talking about some serious folks here. Now, if if you're playing, you can just... Maybe just turn off the TV. If you want to, just turn it off. Because if this is not going to benefit you. This is for those who want to win. In, in, in Colossians chapter 2, we're not going to go there for the sake of time. Colossians chapter 2, write it down. 2 verses 9 and 10. It says, For in him, in Christ, dwelleth all the fullness of the Godhead bodily. And you, ye, you, are complete in him, which is the head of all principality, uh, of all principality and power. We talked about that power. We said that God's word in God's word it dwells. And you see, it says it right here: that he that abideth in Christ, in the doctrine of Christ, he has what? Both the Father and the Son. You, you, if you stay in, if you abide in the doctrine, if you abide in the standard of God. If you abide in the Word of God. You have the full Godhead body. You have the power of God. The power of God that's there on your side. Number, number two, refrain from delicacies. Oh, this is a. This, I got to say, yeah, God, God convicted me about that one. Refrain from delicacies. Those pastries, those sweets, you got to refrain. Those things that appeal and satisfy my flesh, I must refrain from. We're talking about training. <laughs> training to win. I have to Refrain. You will not be able to satisfy the flesh and the spirit at the same time. You cannot do it. You're going to do one or you're going to do the other. But you cannot do both. The spirit of the living God cannot dwell in an unclean temple. Darkness and light cannot dwell together. That means you got to refrain from doing, from some delicacy. Refrain from those things that you think are going to be sweet to the body. You got to refrain from it. Oh, listen. Come back on Friday. Friday night, 7 p.m. That's a plug right there. Next gen service. Hope to see you there. That's that plug right there. Come back. Refrain from delicacies. Those things that are sweet to the body. You will not be able. You can't satisfy the flesh and the spirit at the same time. You cannot do it again this is for people who are serious you must oblige yourself you must obligate yourself to constant exercise when you're training physically you have to constantly constantly obligate yourself to your exercises at whatever the appointed time it could be in the heat it could be in the cold. It could be in the rain. It could be in the sleet. It could be in the snow. Whatever the case is, if I have an appointed time to exercise, that's my time to exercise. I can't put it off. We saw it. We went a, a whole storm. We, two or three days. Five and six days. Ten days. You can't go that long without training. You can't go that long without your exercise. No matter what it is. For you, what does that mean? What does that translate? That no matter what goes on in my life, I don't care the season. If I'm married, if I'm not married, if I'm trying to be married, not trying to be married. Whatever the season in, in your life, you have to oblige yourself to exercising this word. You have to oblige yourself. Matthew, all of that thing, those things that you in Matthew, being meek, being humble, all of those things. That's your training. That's your training. You cannot win over people if you're not meek and humble. You can't win them over. That's your training. It's those those who will inherit the kingdom of God. you got to be meek and... You can't inherit. That's the scripture. That's that constant exercise. I must abstain from wine and liquor. They do that in training. I'm not making that up. Boxers, athletes... If you've been an athlete, you know... They tell you no alcohol. They tell you, no, they tell you a lot of stuff. No alcohol. Why? Because you got to be sober at all times. And then that, that alcohol does something to your body. It does something to your body. Even if it's just temporary. It does something to your body. Stay away from things that will cause you temporarily alterations in your body and in your mind. We're talking about, we're talking about those who want to win. Those are the only people I'm talking to. Those who want to win. In a word, you must be submissive to all direction of your master, of your trainer. you got to be submissive to your trainer. That is the living God. He is your trainer. He trains through people. He trains through people. He trains through his word. He trains by his standard. That's the trainer. He trains by the Holy Ghost. There to convict you when you're wrong. He trains by the Holy Spirit. There to not only convict you when you're wrong, but to help you stay out of trouble before you get into trouble. He's training. You must be submissive to all directions. I'm talking about those who want to win. If you want to win. You're going to listen to your trainer. Everyone who competes in the games goes into a strict training. This is what Paul is saying. Remember that you're not competing against yourself, I mean, against others, but you are competing against yourself. You're competing to stay focused. You are competing that you will not be disqualified. Number four, number four, I must remain faithful to win the race. That's self-denial. I must stay faithful. Self-denial and perseverance. This is how Paul was able to maintain his zeal throughout. no matter which assignment he had. This is how he was able to maintain his zeal. It was through his faithfulness. He was faithful to whatever it was. He was faithful to that assignment. You got to be faithful to your, and you're committed to your salvation. You got to be faithful. You got to be committed to the salvation of others. Faithful. His faithfulness was demonstrated through self-denial and perseverance. I become all things to all people. I do that. I trade. I keep my body under. He said that in 1 Corinthians chapter 9. I keep my body under. What does that mean? That means that he felt compelled. He felt compelled. It was a necessity for him that thing that must be done, he realized this is, I must do that. This is a necessity. This course that I'm on, this race that I'm running, this is uh, ordained by God. This is given by God. I can do it because it's powered by God. And it's of a necessity that I do. He said, woe is me. In verse, I believe it's verse 16. He said, woe is me if I don't do it. That was the thing that he had to do. He realized, but listen, it was because that he, want, he wanted to please God. In order to be a champion, you got to want to please God. To be a champion, you have to want to please Him. That has to be your desire. That's what you have to chase after. Listen, the joy of the Lord, the scripture says that the joy of the Lord is my strength. I talked about the power. The joy of the Lord is my strength. He's my power and he's my strength. My strength to persevere. What is the joy of the Lord? What is the joy of the Lord? The joy of the Lord is our salvation. It was his joy. It pleased God to bruise Christ. That's what the scripture says. It's the joy, joy, God's joy. The joy of the Lord is in our salvation. The joy of the Lord is in our redemption. The joy of the Lord is in our restoration. That's God's joy. That's his joy. So my salvation, my redemption, my restoration, and the salvation, the redemption, the restoration of others, that's my strength. Because that's the joy of the Lord. Because it's His joy, that's my strength to keep moving. You get that? Because it's the joy of the Lord. If if God's joy is that I be saved and others be saved, if I be redeemed and others be redeemed, if I be restored and others be restored, if that is the joy of the Lord, then the joy of the Lord should be my strength. That's it. That means I should find joy in the salvation of others. I should find joy in the redemption of others. I should find joy in the restoration of others. And when I find that joy, I'm going to push. That's what helps me persevere. That's what keeps me going. Love the Lord your God with all. And love your neighbor as yourself. Connect this knowledge to what you've been hearing on Wednesdays. If you love them, you want to see them saved. If you love them, you want to see them restored. If you love them, you want to see them redeemed. That should be your strength. <laughs> that should be your strength to persevere. It's not about you. It's about, it's about what God is doing in and through you. But it's given by Him and it's powered by Him so you can do it. And you can win doing it. And you can be a champion of it. And you can get that championship ring in the end. God has and he is doing all of the major work. All the heavy lifting. He's gotten it done. He's done all of the heavy lifting. He's done all of the heavy lifting. He has made a way. You heard it this morning. God has done it. He's done his thing. It's time for us to do ours. He's done his thing. It's time for us to do ours. Understanding that, the, that the, his part is done and our part, our, the easy part, the easy part is to train in his power. The easy part is to run in his power. That's the easy part. He's provided the power. Our easy part, it's to train in His power. The power, the faith that you have is powered by Him. Trusting in Him, not about you. It's about His power and His ability. And we know what He can do. Listen, if He, rock, if he was able to raise Jesus from the dead, that power, we talk talking about that power. Remember that power. That power, that work. And, and the scripture tells us that it's that same power that work that works towards us. The same power. That that works towards us. Train in his power. Run in his power. And run to win. Run to win. You are a champion. If you stay in his power. Continue your faith. That saving faith. Continue in that. And continue in his power to allow you, to empower you, to keep you in your run. God is faithful. He is so very faithful. This has been a teaching message from Church of the Living Water at Austin. For more information about our ministry, please go to our website water austin